recording live from Ann Arbor, Michigan. This is The Journey On Up, presented by State Street Title, a podcast with the market's leading real estate professionals for real estate professionals. I am your host, James Nichols. Welcome to The Journey On Up. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, we appreciate you listening to us. This is James Nichols here uh, with The Journey On Up podcast number one. Uh, we have Diana Watches here with Those Watches. Um, Diana is a seven-year vet in the real estate industry out of Ann Arbor. Um, how, how much have you say you've done in seven years as far as volume? I'd say about 50 million. Okay. 50 million in sales. 50 million and not yep. bad. Not bad. Yeah. Started out a little slow, but okay. been pretty consistent. Excellent. Now you started yourself. Obviously, you part of those watches with your with your husband Andy. Correct. Um, did you start first, or did you guys join together together? How, how did that work? Um, well, I started first, and I've kind of always been in real estate, mostly property management. Mm-hmm. So I've done that for like thirty some years, and so this was really a natural transition into sales. So I had my license, but I really didn't use it for sales. Mm-hmm. So um, I started in December of 2012, and then my husband Andy joined me about six months later. Okay. What so. was he doing when you joined, uh, when you started? Um, he was in the uh, car business. He was the director of finance. Okay. Um, in the car business, you know, he had sold cars, and then he moved into the director, the finance world, and then um, just decided that he thought maybe those hours looked a little bit better in real estate <laughs> than in the car business. That's so, so true. Yeah, definitely. That's so true. Um, so, um, and it's been good. I mean, he has all the sales background. I don't. And, um, which is, which is awesome. Cause I've learned so much from him mm-hmm. and it's, it's just been natural. Just, so, you, so you guys kind of balance each other out with your strengths and weaknesses. Very true. Very true. So with us, you get one whole really good <laughs> real estate agent. <laughs> That's so funny. So, um, he's really good on the marketing side. Um, cold calling. I mean, he will, he will pick up that phone and talk to anybody. It's amazing. And whereas, you know, I look at that, that phone with the, the dreaded thought, Oh no, I've got to pick it up and call somebody, you know? Uh, but if I'm face to face, it's a whole nother ball game. You know, I feel like I've known him all my life Mm -hmm. and we're best friends and it kind of just snowballs from there. So Andy's good on the phone while you're good in front of people. Right. Okay. I, I just feel that connection. I do much better. Yeah. There's a lot of energy with that. that Definitely. So obviously you started in December of 2012 mm-hmm. um, and now it, it is February of 2019. What do you think's changed the most since your first year, full year well, in real estate? It was fortunate because, um, to, so that would be like 2013, that first full yeah. year. So we were just coming out of the downturn. So uh, we did that and business was starting to pick up. It was a great... You know, coming on in December, it was a great time to learn yeah. because, you know, it's the slower months. Um, you know, a lot of people take off with their families and such in the business. So uh, we had um, where I was, we had what was called the hot phone. Okay. And that's where the calls came in off of the Internet, you know, that 1-800 number or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so whoever had the hot phone got those calls and. Nobody really wanted the hot phone during the holiday season. So I took it and it was great. I've, I think I got my first two or three customers that 
off that hot phone. Really? Yeah. So, you know, so here you're, you're walking around with two, two phones and, um, but you know, you take those calls, you, you take it right away. You, you get on it. Um, and, um, you know, you just have to do it, but it was easier for me to answer those calls, even though they didn't know who they were calling, than it, it, um, it is to pick up that phone and make that call to somebody I don't know. Why do you think that is? You know, it's just, it's in my head. Just perception. You just, oh, totally. It's so funny. So obviously getting the hot phone, getting those phone calls, we, did you feel comfortable answering the questions when you got the, when you start freaking out when the phone started? ringing well it was like okay i gotta get to the phone gotta get to the phone so um no it was good because you know i mean i get my have my computer in front of me i could answer any questions it was easy to look up the information um and sometimes people um they would just leave a message and it would be better for you they wanted you to to contact them in different ways i can Mm -hmm. remember my first client what he said to me was you know, you didn't get, you know, I really didn't want to talk to anybody, but you saw my number come up on the phone and, and, um, what you did was text me right away. And he said, you know, that sold me, Yeah. you know, and that's exactly what I did. Even though it was the hot phone, the hot phone number from my personal phone, I text him and say, Hey, sorry, I missed your call. I'd like to, um, be able to answer any questions you have. How can I help you? What do you, you know, and Being a resource, uh, right. And it was so funny. He, he thought he was looking for, he was renting, thought he was looking for about a $30,000 house and, um, was and, it hard to come by? Oh, tell me about it. Um, I can remember walking into one like townhouse type condo situation, opening the doors, and all it was were these metal studs inside. <laughs> there was like they did have a furnace, but I mean, so the, it was uh, it was empty. under construction. Lol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Literally under construction. But um, so he ended up doing that, and he ended up building. He ended up building a $200,000 home and, you know, you think you want one thing and then after months or weeks of searching, you kind of have that, give that, you have that clarity of what you want afterwards. Well, you have to educate yourself, you know, as a first time home buyer, you know, and he was willing to put in the work. I mean, Mm -hmm. as far as being able to fix stuff up or whatever, but, um, it was a first time home buyer and he really didn't know what he wanted. So that's why you, that's why you take the time you look you know, if you are a first-time home buyer, you find someone that's willing to show you a minimum of ten houses before yeah. they write your offer. And I always say that because, you know, you see different things in different areas, and that's how you educate yourself on the market, what's available, uh, what you can expect in certain areas. Well, it gives you clarity on what you want too. Exactly. I, I can remember when I was going through the buying process, it was. The first home I saw was, this is the one I want to put an offer. I don't want to look at any of the homes. And then it's, no, you need to look at more homes. You need to look at more properties. You need to drive around the neighborhood. You need to experience experience everything before you even think about putting an offer in. Right. And, And I think... I don't know what home it was. It wasn't 10, but it might've been, you know, eight or nine, the ninth place we looked at. It was the perfect one. And right. just everything fell into place perfectly. And a lot of people, the, the transaction's so emotional, but buyers are, they want to be so fast with it and quick. And yeah, I want to get it now. And the agent's job is to kind of set the expectation of you. You need to know, you don't even know what you want yet. Right. You think you do, but you go through these processes and you learn different experiences. And, you know, when you look at the home, my first, the first time I went and saw a house, I remember 
the agent pointing out, here's what you need to look for. Here's what, and I'm sitting there, I just see the surface and I'm like, oh, this right. is great. And then I go back through it again with the agent and she's like, nope, look at this. Here's a problem. Here's another red flag. You know, here's another red flag. And I'm like, well, I know nothing. Well, it, it just gives you different eyes. And that's what, that's what I mean by the education. A lot of times for first time home buyers, we'll just stand outside, you know, the front of the house and I'll just say, okay, you know, let's just take a look at this house, you know, check the roof. You know, everything looks like it's symmetrical, you know, mm-hmm. um, check the gutters, you know, what's the foundation look like where, wherever you are. What would you say your first transaction went like? How was your first transaction? Oh, it was pretty fairly simple, Okay, you know, straightforward, which is really good because that's how you learn, you mm-hmm. know, is that, um, you know, this is your expectation. And when it goes that way, that's great. Uh, so, you know, I asked a lot of questions, you know, to some of the like, agents in your office. Absolutely. My broker, some of the agents, it was, you know, that's how, that's how you learn and make sure you're somewhere where everybody where you're comfortable asking those questions yeah. you don't none of us know know it all you know and every day i learn something new in this business and and that's part of the draw for me yeah. i love learning and i love sharing the knowledge that i've learned yeah it's all about educating the consumer you know absolutely it's, you don't know what you don't know at the end of the day especially with home buyers or sellers mm-hmm. and even agents that you know you feel like you know what you're doing and then something mm-hmm. comes up and you're like oh well that's a nice humbling experience there. There's a lot of those in yeah. this business. I'll tell you, you know, sometimes you have those really good transactions that you go, yes, I'm getting this. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, later that day or the next day or very soon, you have those those things happen that you're going, oh, my gosh, what am I doing here? You know, so um, but that's part of the joy. I mean. I like the fact that when I wake up in the morning or when I'm planning my day the night before that, you know, this is what I'd like to do. Of course, that's not whatever happens, but, um, but it's not the same day twice. Mm-hmm. You know, for going after that, do you have a specific morning routine that you try to stick to or is it just wake up and let it fly? No, I mean, I, I think about it the night before, you know, I check my calendar And, you know, so, okay, I need to be out of the house by this time, Mm -hmm. you know, and so you kind of work yourself backwards. Okay, if I need to be out of the house at this time, I have to get up and, you know, through my regular, you know, you have to have that coffee because, you know, don't talk to me before coffee. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have have any specific morning routines that you have to or that you like to do and get done in the morning. It's just kind of let it fly honestly well pretty much you know i have my coffee you know i think that um it's really good to take that time in the morning just to get get your head around what what your day is going to be like or what you'd like it to be like Mm -hmm. kind of set your own expectations because if you do that nine times out of ten you're able to have that kind of day yeah one of the things I'd like to talk about with some of the agents that I interview uh, is some of the changes that have happened in the market, specifically in the Ann Arbor market, because you've been here your entire career. Right. Um, so since since December until today, what are some of the biggest changes that you've seen? Uh, obviously, with the market being on a downturn, but um, what else have you seen that points out to you or sticks out to you? Well, I mean, when you look at it, say 2012, like I was saying earlier, you're coming out of that market, Mm -hmm. the downturn, and more things are coming on the market. Um, You're seeing more buyers come out. The economy is getting Mm -hmm. better. And so now, 
So you're going from that to multiple offers. Yeah. I mean, something, oh my gosh, this, this house is on the market. We got to get everybody in to see it right away yeah. before it has multiple offers. And especially in Ann Arbor's, quote, spring market that starts in February, <laughs> um, you really want to have those people, you know, that's when it, it gets it gets kind of crazy. I actually kind of refer to it as a silly season, but it's, the market drives what happens. It drives the prices. It drives the time that you react. Um, so what, what, what advice would you give to buyers who are currently right now in February mm. looking to buy in, in the spring? You know, they, what would you tell them right now they have to get done? Oh, for sure. You want, you want to know how much you can afford by getting pre-approved. You, you want to start narrowing down what you're looking for. So you should be out there looking because the market, I mean, so what is this? February 8th, Mm -hmm. you know, you might have until March, you know, so you need to find what you need what you're looking for and get going because I mean, there's a minimum of a 5% increase once the silly season starts. Yeah. I mean, and multiple offers. So, and don't get discouraged because that's, what's so hard is you find the house that you're looking for. You put in those offers, you, you put in, I don't know, escalation clauses or appraisal gaps or whatever your agent, you know, um, talks to you about, mm-hmm. and you still don't get it. I mean, it happens. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of cash buyers in Ann Arbor, but don't get discouraged. There's a reason why you didn't get that house. There's another house out there for you. Yeah. No, that's the biggest thing. I mean, everybody you talk to that doesn't get the first, second, oh. or third choice is most likely 90% of the time grateful for what they had because they're like, hey, you know, I got, I got lucky with the house I have now versus the first offer that I had that got denied. Or, right. Oh, absolutely. Um, going back to um, talking about you working with your husband, what are some of the benefits besides obviously your weaknesses and his weaknesses and strengths kind of coincide? Mm-hmm. Um, but what are some of the other benefits of working as a husband and wife team? Well, if, first of all, you have a huge level of trust. You're mm-hmm. on, you know, you're usually on the same wavelength. Sometimes, you know, I mean, we've been married. Oh, gosh. It'll be 18 years this year. So we've been married a long time. Some things you don't even have to verbally communicate, you know, you just know. And um, so that, I mean, that's, that's huge. So, and I know if he says he's going to do something, he's doing it and Mm -hmm. he knows the same with me. So what are some, so what are some of the challenges that you've faced in the last six years working with him? Oh, all of those same things. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, you know, it's just hard because you're never off. You're always working. Mm-hmm. You know, so sometimes we have to set like some limits like, okay, tonight we are not talking about business, which is easier for me than it is for him. <laughs> he's always he's always grinding his gears. I mean. Yeah, his mind is always whirling and he's always figuring out, you know, how he can help the next client or um, how where we should market this one house somewhere. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. he's just, he's always thinking. That's awesome. It is. Um, what do you think that your company is best known for? Like if I, if I were to ask your clients, what do you think they would say that your company is best known for? Oh, I think, I don't know if we're best known for it, but I think they would say that we get the job done we're honest. We're upfront. They always, we are great communicators. Our clients, if they're 
hear from us every week. So say we've listed their house every Wednesday night. They get a report from us. This is who's looked at your house. This is uh, how many agents. This is how many public. This is what we're seeing happening in the market. So that happens every Wednesday for us. And then buyer-wise, I think that they can say for a stressful process, I think that they will say that it's that we made it fun. You know, they always knew that we were aware of where we where we were in the process, um, that we communicate with their lender, we communicated with them, and um, that it was a good experience. What do you feel like you love the most about working in Ann Arbor? Oh, you know, Ann Arbor's the Midwest. It's... Mm-hmm. Um, we have okay our numbers may be large but it's it's still a small town feel yeah you know um and there's just something about the midwest both living here and working here it's it's a great opportunity you think so yeah absolutely i think that if i'm not mistaken in 2018 there was about 1.2 1.3 billion dollars sold in washtenaw county alone i mean the money the market's so strong in in Ann Arbor alone. Um, Thousands of agents in Ann Arbor um, trying to monopolize the market. Um, But like like you said, the small town feel in a big town city. I mean, there's so many... Pretty much we've all worked with each other or or we we know each other. Um, You have to realize that when you have... You're going to have two agents, one representing the seller and, and some the buyer... But we like each other. We're all there for the same end. We're, we're there to get our clients the best that we can mm-hmm. and do the best job that we can. So there's plenty. You know what? There's plenty of business out there. And you develop those relationships with the other agents just like you do your clients. Yeah. So in 2018, mm-hmm. early in the spring, you switched brokerages from Berkshire Hathaway to Keller Williams. We did. We did. What, what was some of the reasons behind you know the switch? Well, um, you know, we just kind of, the only place we'd ever worked was um, Berkshire Hathaway. And, um, you know, it felt like home. It felt like it was family and such. And it was a good, good experience. Um, We were looking kind of to do more um, together as a team versus individual agents which we we had always kind of wanted to do but we also brought on a couple another person and um, wanted to be able to offer her she was a new agent Mm -hmm. some some tools too that you know we really didn't know how to do that and such and so we did start looking around we we looked around um for me training is really really important um since I've had my my salesperson's license, I've continued and gotten my broker license. But even though I had my broker license, I still took more classes that um, that most people take to get their broker's license. But I had taken different classes to do that. And so um, what ended up appealing to me a lot about um, the Keller Williams model was their training. Mm -hmm. There is training every single day. They have programs if you want to be a team. Do you want to be a team of two? Do you want to be a team with just an assistant? Do you want to be a mega team? I mean, whatever model you want to try to become, they have examples, they have systems, in place, everything. And it's, it's amazing. 
I mean, um, just this January, I sat down with a group of five other agents and we sat down and we were comparing our business and they said, well, compare your business over the last five years. What did January's look like? What did, you know, most of these agents had been with Keller Williams a considerable amount of time. They had all of that information. It's right there. It's compiled for them. Mm -hmm. And so they could see where there were trends, you know, so maybe you need to have more listings in December. So you have a, a great January, I mean, whatever it is. And then I found myself, wow, I had to go back into my, um, CRM and break it down over the last five years and figure out where I was rather than have those, those reports. Mm-hmm. So, um, and they have reports that show them how, how is, does your business compare like with the Ann Arbor area board of realtors? Um, that's something that, you know, Andy and I had to figure out for ourselves. And so a lot of those two, there's a lot of tools, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it's already, the systems are in place. The reports are in place. Uh, you can set up your own report and tweak it. Um, you can, um, they've got apps. Oh my gosh. I've got an app on my phone. It's called it's a K- lot, of, a lot of technology. Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, so what were some of the, the biggest challenges that you had faced when switching brokerages? Um, the difference, you know, we switched in May. And so this is right May, June, July. They're pretty crazy, mm-hmm. crazy months. So um, we had a lot of business that we were juggling, yet trying to learn new systems, you know, um, like say um, a different system for electronically signing contracts, for for communicating with the client or sending those contracts back and forth, just different things like that. We had to order signs. We needed new business cards. Um so those were probably more hurdles the, than anything. The rebranding process right. itself. Exactly. We needed a different logo. We know. So, um, but you know, I mean, we really hit the ground running. Yeah. I mean, there was so much support and, and and help for us with with other people within the KW community. That's amazing. Really if you is. could give uh, a first-time agent or an agent who has never switched brokerages, who is thinking about switching brokerages, mm-hmm. if you could give them advice. What advice would you give them? Well, you know, I'd say even an agent just, you've got your license and kind of like, oh crap, now what do I do? Interview interview agencies, interview brokerages, you know, find out what do they have, how much, how they can help you. Um, one of the things, I mean, if I knew then what I know now type thing is as a new agent, I mean, I was never a salesperson. So I did not, I did not have in my mind, I did not have a pipeline. I did not have, um, the skills I needed. Well, KW has a full-time coaching staff. I mean, and and so productivity coach, you come in, teach you that you really do have a pipeline. You Mm -hmm. just don't see it as such your whole sphere Mm -hmm. and, um, and how to nurture that pipeline, how to, um, and, and develop it and grow it and, you know, how to make those calls, learning scripts, all of those type of things. So by interviewing more brokerages, you gain clarity on what you what you think is best for yourself. Right. What's going to work best for you? Cause everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of, of hindsight, mm-hmm. if you could go back to your first year, what do you think the biggest piece of advice you'd give yourself is? 
I would, you know, I had some scripts that another agent gave me. I would put my priority on that because not that you follow the script word for word, but you recognize that when you're asked a question within that script that you've learned, the answer's there, Mm -hmm. you know, so um, you're able to respond in a more professional manner, you know, and um, deliver the message the right way versus versus you know, that's a good question. Let me find out, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I get that. Right. So you'd give yourself, you, that's what you would, you, that advice you'd give yourself mm-hmm. then. What was the biggest change you made in your day to day that led to the most success? Wow. It may not be your day to day, but it could be what change did you make in your life that led to success. It could be switching brokerages. It could be, you know, reading a book and changing your mindset, um, different tools you used to use or didn't use and you use now. You know, for me, I have to be really comfortable and, um, to be my truly myself. So I feel my mindset, you know, I have found that I'm a much more positive person and I want to spread that. I want to share that. Mm-hmm. I, I want I want everyone to feel um, feel that for themselves. What gave you that clarity on how positive you are? Like what that epiphany, that realization? Well, I mean, I th- really think I've been doing a lot of reading, mm-hmm. a lot of of um, listen audiobooks, okay. <laughs> podcasts, etc. And um, a lot of it, you've got to work on you. You have to work on um, kind of what's between the ears, you know, it's that self-talk that we do. It's, um, it's finding the best in people versus, um, versus being critical. You know, we, we all have, we all have things that we're carrying around. We all, we all have baggage. Yep. And so, you know, we like to unpack that a little bit at a time, but just to realize that, you know, sometimes people are just having a bad day. And if you cut them the slack and realize, you know, Hey, you know, yesterday was my bad day. It's your turn or whatever, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, it, it's just part of it. But I really think that mindset has allowed me to grow a lot. And I've done that, I would say, probably in the last six to eight months. Okay. So you really kind of, with the brokerage shift, short switch, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. you really changed your mindset on personal development and growth and taking the time out of your day to feed the positive dog that's in you. Definitely. And it also has given me the opportunity to help others like new agents coming in that um, may be going through uh, the coaching process, but let's say they get their first deal. Oh my gosh. So this is what I'm thinking about doing what, you know, you can help them, you know? Um, and I feed off of that. It's just an innate thing inside mm-hmm. of me that, you know, if I've been able to help people during the day, you know, it's been a bonus day for me. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, speaking of, you know, first time transactions or not knowing what to do next or making mistakes, what are some of the failures that you've had in, in your career that have really opened your eyes or big lessons that you've learned? Huh. Okay. Big lesson is I, when I go to like a seminar or um, maybe a coaching, I'm trying to think I last 
a year ago this month, I went to Toronto mm-hmm. and I went to two days, I think it was, seminar, and learned techniques and saw all of the things that if I signed up for this, um, could really grow and help my business. And, you know, you could see it. I talked to other people that had signed up there. They were doing really well and such with it. And it was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking a thousand bucks a month. Yep. And, you know, I took the leap. Probably not the best fit for me because um, we both had to buy in on it. I mm-hmm. was there by myself. Andy wasn't there. He doesn't need the coaching. Yeah. You know, he's he's been a salesman all of his life. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, so that that was a very, very expensive lesson. So um, a lot of this self, um, what would you call it, I guess? Self-help. Right. A lot of that that we've... um, I've been doing on my own has probably been a better fit for where I am than that program was. Yeah. And, and if I'm not mistaken, a lot of the, the things that your new brokerage offers were some of the things that attracted you to that program that you purchased in February. It's very true. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times, a lot of agents, they have these, you know, they get, they go to these conferences, they get mm-hmm. all the emotions and they see the value. They see right. the success stories and they talk to the agents that have had the success, but they don't really get to know if it works for them or not. Right. Um, and, you know, obviously a lot of agents like yourself go through the same thing. They think that this is the perfect thing. They don't know how to use it. They don't use it the right way and they don't value it the way that they should. Um, is how does it fit in your business, yeah. you know, with you and with your business? So there are two different things. How much would you attribute your success to luck? You know, I don't know that if it's luck. I think that, and I've come to feel this way more and more, is what you really offer out there, you know, whether it's to your clients, to another agent, to wherever is what you get back. Okay. You know, I really think that things come to you based on what you put out in the universe. What do you want your real estate legacy to look like when you're done? Oh, I don't know if I'll have a legacy, but I guess I would like to be remembered as someone who was always there, answered their phone, helped you, was always honest and had a good, was fun. Do you think that you embody all those things right now? I do. I do. If it's not fun, I don't want to do it. I, I'm <laughs> sorry. I've gotten to a point in my life that that's what I'm looking for. I don't want the same day twice. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to help people, which the new brokerage has helped me not only am I helping buyers and sellers, but I'm also helping other agents, mm-hmm. which very uh, fulfilling. it is for me. That's exactly what I'm looking for. That's awesome. Yeah. What obviously our li- the listeners that listen to this podcast are real estate professionals, lenders, agents, uh, and everything in between, if you could give them any type of advice that comes to mind, what are some, what's some advice that you would give to, to anybody that's even thinking about going into the industry? I think you need to do your research. You really do. You need to, if you're going into the industry, whether it's lending or title or, you know, selling is, is do your due diligence, you know, interview four or five 
brokerages, you know, with lenders, you know, if you want to be a, a mortgage person, you know, talk to other mortgage agencies, you know, whatever it is, have, have all of the information because there's a lot of good agencies and brokerages and everything out there, but what's that right fit for you? Where are you going to grow? I like that. Yeah. All right. So you have 30 seconds of open mic. How do you want to use it? Do something that fulfills you and give back, you know, give back to others, give back because you're going to grow from that. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Diana, for joining us today on the podcast. I hope that everybody enjoyed, got some value from it. Um, And obviously, if you have any questions, uh, if you have any concerns or any tips on topics that we like to talk about on the next podcast, go ahead and drop a comment below. Do a little likey-like and a sherry-share for us. Uh, We appreciate your attention. Um, Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for listening to The Journey On Up with the Ann Arbor Title Guy. If you like our show and want to know more, check out AnnArborTitleGuy.com or leave us a review on iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram and on Facebook at Ann Arbor Title Guy. Thank you so much.